like weird, dark, and macabre stuff, you should check out The Learned Lemur on Colfax. The Learned Lemur is Colorado's oldest and most authentic oddity shop, dealing exclusively in odd, unusual, and macabre antiques for over 15 years. Their small team of lifelong collectors has a knowledge base second to none. They offer true antiques, affordable, authentic skulls, unique taxidermy, and so much more. They've spent years building relationships around the world to provide you with sustainable, ethically sourced skulls and taxidermy. They also host a monthly sideshow, The Conspiracy Circus, in their secret venue. The cast changes every month and features circus and sideshow performers from our own backyard as well as across the country. The team at The Learned Lemur is dedicated to keeping traditions of sideshow, the macabre, and the overall weird as alive as it can be. Head to The Learned Lemur, located in the heart of Denver, Colorado, at 2220 East Colfax Ave, or check them out at learnedlemur.com. Stay weird, Denver. It's louder. Or less loud. That looks less loud. That looks louder. That does look louder. That looks louder. I Maybe. can project. I, well, my, my goal is that we don't have to project, that we can just talk mm-hmm. like people. Oh, yeah. No, if I if I talk at my normal loud tone, I think that'll work. <laughs> yeah. You have stories. You have I, stories. I do. I have stories for days. Um, yeah, including some recent ones, but... What I was thinking, have you had anyone talk about, like, prostate orgasms and prostate play before? Not specifically um, the orgasms or the play part. Um, Mm -hmm. On my most recent episode, I had um, someone on who, uh, their, like, hill that they want to die on, sex ed-wise, is that everybody has a prostate and will shout it from the rooftops forever. (laughs) Um, So the the door to prostates has been opened. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Like, that's a good hill to die on, honestly. I'm a huge fan for one. But, yeah, it, it was like, I guess I have to start at the beginning of my prostate journey, which I came in too late at almost 30, I think. 29. Yeah, okay. 29 is when I had my first one. Um. But yeah, I started, I'd always heard about prostate orgasms and how they're supposed to be more of an intense orgasm, Uh, but that was like hearing it in passing. It wasn't until I saw a couple Reddit posts where people were describing how intense it could be and how long of an orgasm you can add. I was like, okay, so started doing research. Uh, found out like the easiest way to activate your prostate. One, you have to rewire your brain and your body. Yeah, because like, like your brain, right? Like if you're not used to it, it's just like this isn't a entrance. <laughs> <laughs> this is uncomfortable. And plus, too, I guess uh, with those nerve endings, there are a lot of nerves around the prostates just with them never being activated. It's like your body has to learn something that's like a deep secret that got buried away. and. Well, yeah, it can feel overwhelming mm-hmm. um, to the point where like your body, like even if it's technical, I mean, pain and pleasure sensors are so 
intertwined. Yes. That, like, a lot of times, if you're not used to it and your body doesn't recognize it as pleasure, it recognizes it as danger. And it's yes. just like, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. And that takes, I mean, that takes a lot to get over. But then you have, like, obviously the stigma around anything involving butts and prostates and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I still to this day, I know a couple people have like friends who I tell the prostate, tell my prostate orgasm wisdom to, and they're like, nah, nah, that's just going to make me feel unmanly. And I'm like, you are robbing yourself. <laughs> you are robbing yourself of one of your greatest potential joys. We're not even trying. Right. And, and there is so much stigma around it. Like I had a, I had a conversation with somebody recently that like, I don't really know him that well. Um, we're like just now becoming friends sure. and, uh, comes from a very um, conservative background and but naturally I tell somebody I'm a sex educator and people just start asking me questions Mm -hmm. and like he ended up saying something along the lines of I don't think I could ever get pegged because even if I end up liking it I feel like I wouldn't want them to look at me afterwards because (laughs) there's and I was just like oh my goodness the amount of shame the amount of shame associated with this when, mm-hmm. like, I feel like people who are raised to become men are, like, raised with this, like, very strong stigma of just, like, nothing in your butt to the point where, like, some people don't even wash their butts. Yeah. And you're like, what? Um, and then <laughs> people who are raised with the intentions of becoming women, like, there's almost an expectation. Yeah. That at some point, something's gonna happen with your butt. Yep. And it's just like, Okay. What? I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, like, I fucking hate all that type of stigma, I hate that shame, it just, I think it holds so many people back, and just fucking hinders everything as far as a person's sexual development goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sucks, um, and I wasn't without that, because, so, when I started discovering prostate stuff and getting really curious about it, I was still... Uh, married at the time. I was mm-hmm. in a decade-long monogamous, very vanilla, heteronormative relationship with a cis woman. Mm-hmm. And I had brought up like, hey, maybe we should try this. And it was an immediately, ew, no, we're not doing that. That's mm-hmm. gross. And I'm like, but I want to. And so she didn't want to participate. And so the methods of like digitally manipulating a prostate where it was out the window at the time. And so I found uh, there's large amounts of uh, like forums and everything about Mm -hmm. prostate massagers being a specific toy, a little tiny dildo that you don't, you you put it in like a butt plug and then you're supposed to position your legs in a certain way, like a number four. And then like have one leg up by your chest, one leg kind of stretched out. And then you have to like flex your Kegel muscles. Yeah. You have to flex your Kegel muscles. Some of them have like little like handles Mm -hmm. on them kind of, so you can like move them around and position them. Mm -hmm. But like, you have to have the dexterity to do it. Yep. (laughs) Yep. The, the handle part was weird because mine had a little twirly handle and it felt like I was a giant teacup that someone could pick me up and drink me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> it's got a fancy handle. Wait a minute. I think I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have that one. I have a little twirly handle on one of mine. I, I got yeah. Mine's in an arrow, so I'm a huge fan yep. of them. Yep. Yeah. They are great. This is 
not a podcast sponsored by Anaris, but if you want to send free products to myself, like, go yeah. right ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I discovered the toys and then told my wife I was going to order one. She was like, don't. And I was like, well, I already ordered a toy. And she's like, ah, this is weird. And I'm like, why you have sex toys? Why can't I have a sex toy? And again, uh, heteronormative bullshit was the answer. Yeah. I guess I've never... I mean, I'm sure it happens. I've just never had the story relayed to me of just, like, somebody's partner who was mm-hmm. not a cis man feeling... Threatened. Threatened by a sex toy. <laughs> huh. Yup. Uh, it can happen to uh, anyone across the gender spectrum, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Why aren't mine good enough? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just like it's so much less common for... It, yeah, it's very mm-hmm. uncommon for anybody without a vulva to go and seek out sex toys in the wider scheme of, like, social narrative. Because it happens, obviously, but I feel like the, the discussions around it societally are so... Uh, hush hush yes yeah yeah uh i don't know i i I think it wasn't something i was initially comfortable with or wouldn't have been early on in my sex journey Mm -hmm. um but at 28 29 i was like fuck it i want to have this super orgasm thing that i keep reading about it sounds fun um so i did order it and i had to wait until she was out of the house for like work or something because uh it does take a long time. That's the thing they say on all the forums. There's a learning curve. Like yeah. it, it's not just the rewiring your body, but you got to get used to how to flex your muscles properly. You got to figure out what position works for you. And so I, before I had my first prostate orgasm, it was like six different hour long sessions of trying and getting nowhere and just frustrated oh that sounds so disheartening oh that makes me sad it was it's like it's so true though (laughs) it was yeah it it took fucking forever and i was getting frustrated with that because the other thing is um you're not supposed to touch your dick while you're playing with your prostate if you want to have a prostate orgasm Mm -hmm. your brain and your body will start putting i don't know all the electrical connections to your dick and it'll ignore your prostate at that point and so yeah yeah it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that because um it's a thing where like the whole entire concept of like the reach around Mm -hmm. during anal sex like so many people are like oh it's because it doesn't actually feel good when you have something going into your butt i'm like no actually it's because your brain splits its attention between the two areas Mm -hmm. so it's actually not as overwhelming Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and boy can it be overwhelming (laughs) yeah it can be very overwhelming (laughs) Uh uh-huh um so yeah like i said six sessions about an hour long and that's also really frustrating because I'm watching porn the entire time to kind of keep myself engaged and aroused uh, and not touching my dick and then just being sexually frustrated at the end. Like, I just want to have a normal one. Fine. Fuck it. <laughs> like, rip the toy out. Just throw it across the room. Oh, did we have to find... Well, I mean, at least it wasn't like one six hour long session. No. Having to watch... like not watch having to find six yes. hours worth of porn yes. that is up to your particular niche of what you're wanting to watch at that particular moment in time sounds like an absolute nightmare uh-huh uh-huh that 
so I would often find stuff like the longer versions of videos I didn't like and just put that on to be like the actual 45 hour long version oh, of it. Geez. So I didn't have to change it, but that's still a lot of like lead up time and scene changing and other shit like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, very peaks and valleys as far as, ooh, this is hot, ooh, I'm bored, I'm uncomfortable with this chunk of fucking silicone sticking in my ass right now. Yep. Yep. Um, but the time it did work, uh, I found out, like, I had been doing it what was, for me, wrong. I was doing everything right according to the forums, but I decided, uh, wife was out of town, gonna, you know, smoke some weed, have a couple drinks, and just fucking sit with it. No gold, just sit with it and kind of, you know, do the flexy thing. Um, got the toy in, was laying down in bed, and I was like, shit, uh, I forgot my drink, so now I have to go up and go get my drink from the kitchen. And so I decided, I'm just going to leave the toy in. It took me a second to get it in, so I'm just going to walk out. And so I go to stand up, and as I stand up and I go, like, fully straight with my body, that's when I was like, oh, I think I found something. Ah, And it turns out, yep, mine is really deep up there. So Uh, you you got to have it going at a straight straight mm -hmm, angle, otherwise mm -hmm. it doesn't actually get where you needed to go Uh uh-huh and it was like i caught a little wave and i was like hold on that's the thing you're supposed to pay attention to and keep going so i just kind of stand at the edge of my bed uh, with my hands on the wall straight up uh and my legs crossed like flexing my abs and every time i did i was like oh i can feel it it's it's warm it's starting to radiate out Uh uh-huh uh that was another thing i wasn't prepared for was it radiates throughout your whole body as it gets more intense into the session uh, boy, was that fun, because it starts off kind of warm in your pelvic area, and then I'm like, okay, it's like my knees to my nipples now. I'm feeling it for some reason. Yeah. And then it keeps spreading, and your head's tingly, like, everything is super sensitive. Your whole body is just, I don't know, electrified. And you're like, whoa. And then it's hard for you to keep your body doing the things that it needs to do to keep it going, because uh-huh. you're turning into absolute noodles. Yeah. Yep. Especially <laughs> while standing up. Yep. Um, yeah, I didn't even go get my drink. I just decided I'm going to keep pushing this until I can't take it anymore. And so push, push, push. It's like the wave is building, and then it's that first, like, I don't know, chocolatey orgasm that's just rolling throughout your whole body, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh my god god and i caught the first wave it does come in waves so it'll like remit and relapse basically um and as the first wave kind of went away i'm still feeling good but it was such an intense just first wave alone my only thought was i have been masturbating wrong my entire <laughs> life this was an option and no one told me about this I had to go to internet forums and do research and buy a special toy, and this was an option the whole time? And wait for the wife to be out of town and forget my drink upstairs. Oh, my (laughs) God. I was so upset that, yeah, but I I kept going. As soon as I had that thought, it's like, here comes another wave, and oh, no, it's it's very intense. (sighs) And so this was the only time I lost track of time, like... The porn stopped playing. That that was irrelevant at that point because once I got it going and rolling, it was incredible. It didn't need porn. Yep. It just was so freaking intense. And so the very last wave I had, because uh, I had multiple that time, but the very last one I had was so intense that I started to get like 
tunnel vision where like my vision was going out like I'm about to faint and like I could taste purple in my mouth my mouth's tingly for some reason I'm like uh oh I think I'm gonna and then it just hits me with the wave so hard that my knees buckle and I lost the kind of control and Mm so I'm standing at the edge of my bed and my legs just completely give out from flexing so Mm -hmm. hard and so long that I fall completely backwards into my closet and I pull denim and like flannels down <laughs> on top of me and I'm sitting there rolling under like my own clean laundry just like oh, oh I don't think any of my straight friends are gonna do it if you tell them you passed out into a closet that's just a little too a little too on the nose <laughs> <laughs> that's like a rom-com moment mm-hmm. of like it's usually a person who like discovers a sex toy for the very first time ever and is like, no, I don't need it. And then there's like a full like 20 minute build up of just like, should I, uh-huh. shouldn't I? And they have to like flirt with the sex toy. And then all of a sudden they're like rolling off of their bed because <laughs> their yes. body's contracting so hard. Yes. So I am now coming out of my wave, still laying halfway in the closet, halfway in the bedroom. Um, and I kind of, my phone is plugged into the charger and I can, I can reach it and I just pull my phone off and realizing that my prostate is so deep, I didn't even get up before I was on the website ordering the biggest one that they had. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to have to stand up every time. This seems like a falling risk, Chris. This... Uh, yeah, that's going to turn into a health hazard. Uh-huh. Your clothes are just going to end up with like inexplicable rips. <laughs> like... That closet door is just <laughs> very much so. Um, yeah, it was so intense. I called my ex-wife like an hour later, and I was like, "Hey, uh, I finally had one. It was incredible. We should do this together." And she's like, "I'm happy for you, but I'm still not interested." And I'm like, "God damn it! Like, why won't someone play with my prostate? This sucks." Um, yeah. And now, what I didn't realize too, because of my stance and whatnot. Um, because I have been flexing my legs and my mm-hmm. abs and my lower back so hard for well over an hour or two <laughs> that the next day at work, none of my core muscles were Working. functional. <laughs> yeah, none of them worked. It was just, I had noodle body the whole day. I had to go walk around work at the Broadmoor fancy five-star resort, like showing people around the spa, giving tours while holding my own back like a pregnant woman, <laughs> just trying to support myself. Cause every time I let go, it just like, Ooh, I'm noodly. Oh, and then there's probably people asking like, Oh, like a lot of manual labor yesterday. And you're like, no hands were used actually. Yep. Um. <laughs> I told everyone at work and lied, uh, that, uh, yeah, it was a work, uh, workout injury uh from from weightlifting it was not i mean it was a workout injury just not from weightlifting Mm -hmm. uh yeah uh and then uh what was i gonna say about that oh also uh with the rewiring that happened i noticed it the day before when i was finally having prostate orgasms for the first time i'm uh trying to figure out like why are my nipples so sensitive right Mm now and my nipples and the back of my neck kind of became erogenous zones that never existed on my body before up until that point 
Um, and I grew up in a house with like all brothers. The amount of titty twisters I have received and given, like these are dead to me. That's probably why your brain never clocked it before. It's yep. just like it had never been associated with pleasure before. It had just been associated with ow. Mm -hmm. So... So with that being said, like that was also frustrating the next day because I'm walking around in a nice fancy polo and just the collar rubbing on the back of my neck kept sending <laughs> goosebumps down my shoulders. Like I was just shivers down my spine all day between that and then my baggy polo also rubbing on my nipples occasionally. And I'm like, ah, ah I need to take this shirt off. It's turning me on too much. This it's is just, oh God, that reminds me of all of the movies that like somebody goes on a, um, like a marathon for the first time mm -hmm. and they don't like do anything over their nipples. So they're just like holding their shirt away so it doesn't chafe yep. the whole time. That's uh, what my next day was, except it wasn't for being athletic, and it was just so I didn't get the shivers. Yeah, um, yeah so that's how I kind of discovered them, but my journey afterwards has been really interesting, because not only knowing my own body and how my prostate works helps me, but it helps me identify that with other people, mm -hmm. and giving prostate orgasms to other prostate havers has been one of my favorite types of play to actually do because I'm a huge fan of uh, like orgasm control, orgasm torture, giving someone too many orgasms, uh, getting them to safe word out of the scene as long mm -hmm. as we negotiate it. I like making people come. It's my favorite kink easily. <laughs> I'm real good at it and I do pride myself on it. Uh, but being able to do that for someone's prostate, it was like when I first got good at with people who squirt and making people squirt and feeling like, yeah, I've got, I learned the trick. I can do the thing. Well, congratulations. It's actually the same thing. Yep. So <laughs> yep. it's the same hand motion and everything. It is, it is the same thing. Uh -huh. uh, but what was talked about on my last episode is uh, for people with vaginas, like they, somebody was like, oh no, you don't have a prostate, you have a skein's gland. Because yep. some dude with the last name Skeen was like, look at this thing! It's it's literally a prostate. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so they, they are very, like, they're almost the exact same thing, just slightly different, obviously different locations. Uh, but besides that, they behave very similarly. Yeah, like, it's, like, even the fluid that comes out of them, like, mm -hmm. uh, when people talk about, like, milking the prostate, like... Uh, and they're like, oh, well, like a fluid comes out. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same fluid that comes out when somebody squirts. Yep. Prostatic fluid, I believe it's called. I can't remember. The good juice. I don't even remember. I only remember sometimes like the super scientific words that I was given, like when right. I was studying it. And I'm like, that's not what anybody calls it. <laughs> so like, I don't remember anything and people call it so many different things. I'm like, I don't know. Is that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I like that explanation. Is that stuff? Is that stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've now been on a journey of doing it to other prostate havers, and that has been a lot of fun. Uh, not just within a, the kink community. I've kind of built up a little bit like, oh, Chris is really good into the, that type of play. Mm -hmm. But even outside of that, because of the couple times I've talked about prostate play uh, with other comedians, usually just casually, I am now the unofficial sex therapist, I feel like, for every comedian in Denver. That happens. Yes, 
Oh, yeah. No, like, I have so many people, like, I feel like most people who are, like, in the kink world and mm-hmm. then also have friends outside of the kink world, mm-hmm. they are somehow, they're like, everybody goes to you. Yes. With questions and wanting to know how to fix things. Oh, And, yes. like, I learned about this kink. Mm-hmm. that's so weird and you're like that is a tuesday night yeah for me um like that's not that weird but okay <laughs> um, like people like trying to impress you with like their kink knowledge when it's just like spanking uh-huh <laughs> yeah uh someone was like the example i had of that recently someone went to their first all nude party and i was like oh fun did you do any play or anything like that and of course they were saying no and i was like where was the party and then they describe it and i was like hold on that was just an airbnb with a bunch of nudists that wasn't that didn't feel like a play party that's not the same and that's how they pitched it like i went to a, a naked sex party and i was like was there sex no well it wasn't a sex party then yeah, that's just a party with naked people yeah that's just that not that there's anything right or wrong about that. I love naked parties. I love being naked. But the marketing was wrong. Yes. <laughs> it's just, you didn't go to, a, yeah, it wasn't a sex party. Don't call it that. I'm not um, allowed to use that phrase. So if, if no sex is happening, it's not It's not a sex party. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, becoming the unofficial educator, it's fucking hilarious because there's probably three or four other comics I know right now in Denver, who are over the last couple of months on their own little journey to try to have prostate orgasms and mm-hmm. reach reach that supero and whatnot. And I get updates almost every open mic when I see them like, hey, <laughs> hey, I felt the tingles, I felt the waves, and then I lost focus or I started focusing on it too much. And I'm like, yep, yep, that's what you did wrong. You started overthinking it. Here's what Go about that next time. Don't set a goal of, like, I'm going to make myself come. Like, don't do that. That's bad. Yep. <laughs> like, it's... giving out advice. And then random comics, or especially newer comics, I have no idea what their impression is of me because they'll see me talking to usually cis men, older cis men, like, in their 40s and 50s, and they come up to me and they're like, hey, hey, my prostate was tingling last week. And I'm like, good job, buddy. <laughs> You're on the right track. And then everybody else in the room is like, what? This conversation <laughs> took a left turn. Uh-huh. Of course, if, like, a comic knows me long enough, they're like, oh, it's just Wellman being Wellman. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a, I end up going to, like, just by virtue of me being a sex educator and me doing burlesque, like, any of my quote-unquote, like, vanilla and civilian friends that mm-hmm. I have, I go to, like, a party, and people will be like, hello, have you met this person? She does burlesque and knows a lot about sex. And I'm like, I have other personality traits. <laughs> like, <laughs> but thank you. It's not just that, but sure. <laughs> it's just, here's the most interesting diabolical sides of her. Yes, well, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably uh, inhabit a similar space where, like, <laughs> amongst your kinky friends, you're like, I feel, like, almost vanilla compared to some of my kinky friends, mm-hmm. and then, like, a, with, um, like, amongst all of your vanilla friends, you're like, I am the kinkiest person you have ever met. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, because I do often feel like I am not kinky, as most of the people I know in the scene, you're spot on. But then every other comedian's like, ah, oh, Chris is like a dungeon master. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. You're like, no, no, no. Not D&D or sex dungeons. No, I'm not. I, I, just, I, I, I just appreciate the distinction. <laughs> in this household, it is hard to tell. <laughs> I have, 
I've never had it as a joke I've said on stage, but just a joke between kinky people. It's like we almost had ADHD when someone was telling us about a cool group of like-minded people you should go to. It's called Dungeons, and we're like, Dungeons, got it! And like we didn't stick around for And Dragons. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in in this house, um, uh, we have a few different acronyms that it's like you, you need to specify what you're talking about. Because, like, D... It, like... Uh, like DM dungeon master is like okay are we talking dungeons and dragons uh-huh. or are we talking like a sex dungeon and then like I went to school with a bunch of sex therapists so like CBT I was gonna say like, CBT are we yep. talking <laughs> about cognitive behavior behavioral therapy or are we uh talking about cock and ball torture uh-huh. like what are we talking about <laughs> It's funny because you could read articles talking about the benefits of CBT and not know which one. It's oh, yeah, it helps they... your mental health. You're right, it does. It's like does not work for all people. You're Correct. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Some people have adverse reactions to it. Could yeah. Be, could be a difficult, challenging process to go through. You're right. Might have to be done in baby steps and takes a while to relearn. <laughs> yeah. Must be done with a trusted individual present to supervise <laughs> and do the actual CBT implementation. Cost. Yeah. <laughs> Cost 200 bucks per session, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Both of them, it's going to be a range of how much it's going to cost sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck, what was I going to say about that? I can't believe I ran out of CBT jokes. Damn it. I was like, was it CBT or was it DMs or was it dungeons? Like, what was it? Uh, no, I mean, no, it was about CBT, but I lost the fucking joke. <laughs> I had it right at the tip and then my ADHD brain ran away. It's like, we have something we forgot. Oh, well, yeah, that's usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. 